Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering women to walk in their role and reign in God's kingdom as they live their lives blooming alive. Good morning. This is Michelle Bentham again. I'm hopping on the Blooming Inspired Podcast this morning. I'm the host of the Blooming Inspired Podcast and Monday, we talked about Psalm 5 and what it's like to live from a place where every morning you cry out to God and you lay the pieces of your life on the altar before Him and let His fire fall upon your heart and how significant that is to to the way that we live and, and function because we begin to live from this place of coming from Him and not just to Him. And yesterday, we talked about... Isaiah 32, and we and we jumped over into Ephesians 2, talking about what it means when we begin to run into God and live in a place with Him that I call the secret place. And I shared yesterday that this is a place that I go in my imagination. And I shared a little bit about how my secret place started, but I didn't share the, the wonderful part about each time I go, there seems to be something new that God does in my life and in my heart um, to edify me. And it shows up in my imagination as some new thing about the house. So once I went and he had planted wildflowers all in the front yard of the house, Another time I went and the house had been completely repainted on the outside. Another time I went and I was struggling with a prophetic word that I received about a call to leadership on my life. And he took me through a process of affirming me as a leader. I won't go a lot into that, but I will go into something that I shared on Facebook this morning because this is really kind of the heart of why the secret place has become important to me. This morning, a friend of mine who runs a group on Facebook that's all about tapping into hidden genius through creative expression and just allowing yourself the freedom to follow your intuition. And she has recently done a series of interviews for television, and she was talking about the way comparison and judgment defeat genius in our lives and defeat that creative risk that we're often willing to take as children, but it's somehow educated out of us through the process of failing and learning to excel only and not to fail. And so we we limit really what we can and cannot do based on our experiences of success for failure. And so she was talking about that in her post, and I responded. I said, I found even that when my husband found the flaw in a recent drawing that I did where I I painted it with watercolor markers, and it was of a dream that I had um, where I had twins in the dream seven months apart. Now, I know that sounds funny. My brother, when I told him about it, he just laughed out loud about it. But I had a girl in March, and then I had a boy in September, and these twins marked out a very specific season where I feel like God was birthing something in my life. And my husband found a flaw in the drawing. I won't go into it, but, but it appeared that the boy had two left feet. And so I said, I was convinced it was right and defended it at first. Then I said, even if it's not natural, it is good and made a joke that we could laugh about in it and move on. I think for me, I'm learning a whole new level 
It's a new way of thinking. As Christians, we've often been taught repentance means to stop doing wrong and do right. When in the Greek, the word is metanoia. That's the word for repentance. Literally translated, change your mind or change the way you think. It's why confession of sin to God is important after salvation, not because we need to realize how terrible we are, but because the more we recognize how we sin, the more opportunity we have to change the way we think about it. And so we begin to take on God's perspective. That's the point. The more opportunity we have to change the way we think about it and see it from God's perspective, we take on the mind of Christ about it. Recognizing what I can improve or do better in my own work is powerful. The power of risk and failure is building perseverance and the opportunity to start again. Think of the stories of many of the American millionaires in the world today. Many of them have failed multiple times, filed bankruptcy, come from impoverished settings, but they never gave up trying to succeed. They never gave up on the dream that was in their heart. They never gave up on pursuing that elusive success to them. In our society today, we don't value failure. We don't value people who fail multiple times, even if they do make great success. You see, the power of risk and failure is it builds perseverance and the opportunity to start again, to grow and to improve. Judgment and honest assessment are not the same thing. The problem is that comparison and judgment damage our hearts. They limit our expression and stunt our growth. But honest assessment creates room for excellence, insight, and unlimited potential. In my secret place where I spend time with God, long story, but it is a place fully in my imagination. I talked to you about it yesterday, that I journal through every detail on my visits there. Now I'm telling you about a time when God introduced me to the inside of the house of my secret place. And when I went inside this first time, I discovered that he was working inside of my house, restoring it. Again, our theme this week seems to be our hearts and how living with our hearts connected to God produces a life more abundant. It's a place that is fully in my imagination that I journal through every detail of my visits there. And in it, there is a large round hall with a spiral staircase that leads up to a set of rooms, an art room, right brain, and a library, left brain. But it is the hall God brought to my mind as I tapped out these thoughts. On the wall hung every piece of artwork, every poem, every story I had ever written even from my very young days. And as I walked up the stairs, a sweet melody I cannot quite recognize, but feels so familiar plays. When I ask about the music, Jesus tells me, it's the music of your heart. It inspires our work here. That was the beginning of my journey to think differently. As we process these exercises, we are literally creating new neural pathways in our brain. The more we require ourselves to cross the bridge out of our left brain and into our right brain, and then back again, the more integrated our thinking becomes, the more real our experiences become, and the less interested we become in how we measure up, but rather delight in the new ways we have come to see, hear, and know from a new perspective. Often in art, I never quite am sure how I will express it, I just know what. In the time I've spent practicing my artwork, the delightful surprise at the end of the experience is so powerful. And throughout it all, God is talking, teaching me to explore, demonstrating a new way to see. This is repentance. And my twins, 
one who has two left feet, is hanging on Papa's fridge at this moment as he delights in my discovery. I have a picture I started in the summer, a woman standing under a tall daisy with lightning bugs dancing all around her. She stares in wonder again against a backdrop that reminds me of heavy rain. Her facial features are distorted, her nose is too long, her teeth stick out too much, her eyes are too large, and this I only know because someone else told me. But at church on Sunday, I saw the girl I painted. She was sitting near me in worship, and her nose is a bit too long. Her teeth are misshapen and, misshapen and pushing out of her mouth, and her eyes are wide with wonder, which is the name of the painting. She was worshiping the Lord freely, the one jumping up and down, clapping her hands, and experiencing His presence so powerfully. I came home and had stashed the painting off to the side of the room after the critical reports. I didn't want to finish it, but when I pulled her out, I realized this painting is for that sweet girl at church, and I'm going to finish it for her. The secret place unlocks things for me that I would not really discover otherwise. It vitally connects me to God's heart, and that's one of the true passions of my life, is connecting to God's heart through creative expression. So grab your Bibles, turn to Psalm 62, and turn over to Mark chapter 6 and verse 31, because this is where we're going to be reading from today. As I've been doing this week, I'm going to read from a couple of different translations, because I feel like it'll really speak to our hearts today. That introduction, I'm just going to go ahead and stop and pray for a moment, and then we'll jump right into God's Word. God, I thank you that you created us so distinctly remarkable, that each of us carries a unique set of gifts and talents, a unique representation of who you are to the earth as we were created in your image. I thank you for divine imagination, and I thank you for intuition, and I thank you for all of those involuntary responses that occur in the, the right sphere of our brains. And I thank you, Lord, that you have given me a way of seeing and a way of hearing and a way of knowing you that comes from the secret place. And I thank you, Lord, that your truth always sets us free. So today I pray that you would open our, our spiritual eyes to see you. Open our spiritual ears to hear you. Give me the spiritual words that need to be spoken in this moment. And give us hearts that desire to know you more. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being so magnificent in all your ways and loving us so much as your blessed children. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So before I read from the New King James Version, which is the translation I'm going to prefer today, I want to read Psalm 62, 5 and 6, and then I want to read Psalm 62, 5 and 6 from the Passion Translation, because I think it just gives us a different perspective. We're going to change the way we see a little bit. In Psalm 62, 5, it says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He alone is my rock. Remember, we talked about Him being our rock of habitation yesterday. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. I'm in verse 7 now. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, verse 8, you people. Pour out your heart before him, for God is a refuge for us. So now let me read you those same verses in Psalm 
62, I'm going to begin in verse 5, finish in verse 8, in the Passion Translation. I am standing in absolute stillness. Hmm. Remember it said, my soul waits silently, silent before the one I love, silent before God alone. He is the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my Savior, and he will not fail me. For he alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me. I want you to picture yourself right now in his wraparound presence. What does that look like to you? As my champion defender, there's no risk of failure with God. Remember what I said in my post on Facebook today. That the problem with judgment and comparison is that it eliminates risk and failure and the opportunity to do honest assessment and grow and reach our unlimited potential, right? There is no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me? Even when troubles multiply around me, God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence is all I need. For the Lord is my Savior, my hero, and my life-giving strength. Join me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Tell Him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to Him. Believe me when I tell you, He will help. Oh God, thank you that we can trust you, that your wraparound presence and your glory is continually all around us, even when we don't realize it. Thank you that it protects us, that it preserves us, that it keeps us safe. So now I'm going to read um, the rest of Psalm 62, and then we're going to hop over to Mark 631, and we're going to begin reading there. And in Psalm 62, it says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. Verse 2, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, and I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies, and they bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Selah. That word selah means to pause and calmly think on what you just read. So the psalmist begins, it's a psalm of David, and he begins saying, Truly I'm waiting on God. He is my salvation. He is my rescuer. He is the only one that I can trust in. He is my defense. And as long as I'm with him, nothing can shake me. Then he speaks to his enemy. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his high position. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. There's nothing you face that God can't handle. That's what the psalmist is saying, that if I just wait on him, he will show up. He will provide. He will protect. And the truth is he never left. I just may not be quite as aware of him in my circumstances as I was before. Verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation, my expectation, my hope, 
everything is upon him is from him. What would happen if you truly live from a place where your expectation came from God? This is so good. What if you lived from a place where you trusted only in him? You knew he was your rock. He's the one who can rescue you. He's the one who can save you. He's the one who can turn everything around. You would live by such an unshakable faith, just as the psalmist confesses in his song. And God is my salvation and my glory. And my glory is his glory. You see, I don't seek what is for me. I seek to glorify Him. And if there's any glory in my life, it's just something I get to turn around and express back to Him. He is the rock of my strength. If I am strong at all, it's Him. And my refuge, He's my safe place. He's the place I can hide. If I trust in Him at all times and pour out my heart to Him, He becomes a safe place for everyone. There's that word again, Selah. Surely men of low degree are but a vapor. Men of high degree are a law. If we, if we think too, too low of ourselves, we diminish our existence. And if we think too high of ourselves, we exaggerate. But if we're weighed on the scales, we are altogether lighter than vapor. We don't really amount to much. Do not trust in oppression or vain hope and robbery. And riches increase, don't set your heart on them. It's saying, it's not bad to be rich. We just don't trust in riches. We don't set our heart on them. We don't look to them for our answer. Because God has spoken once and twice, I have heard this, that power belongs to God. The power to change, the power to redeem, the power to restore, the power to bring joy, the power to overcome comes from God. If I am anything at all, it comes from Him. Also to you, O Lord, belongs mercy, for you render to each one according to His work. And when I am in Christ, He renders to me according to Christ's work. So why wouldn't my heart be inclined towards him, draw near to him, serve him in obedience? Think on that for a moment. Now we're going to turn to Mark 6:31. Again, we're going to be reading more out of the New King James, but for now, I'm in the NIV. Mark 6:31. Let's go back to 6:30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. I'm in the process of teaching my way through the gospels. I've read through each gospel once in the last 5 years, and then last year I taught all the way through the book of Matthew at a women's Bible study. And this year we're beginning in Mark. One of distinction I see between Matthew and Mark is Matthew calls the followers of Jesus disciples, the twelve, but Mark calls them apostles. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. See, he's just sent them out, and they've come back after John the Baptist has been beheaded, and they're giving Jesus a report of what happened. They're sharing testimony. Remember, in Revelation chapter 12, it says we overcome our enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and not loving our lives 
unto death. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns to go there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. This is when he feeds the 5,000 at the sermon on the Mount, really. Because when he feeds the 5,000, that's at the Sermon on the Mount. But he's called his disciples to come away to a quiet place to get rest and be restored. And here's the thing I've learned in ministry. If I don't spend time with God, I have nothing to give away. If I don't go to my secret place and get refreshed and do the things he calls me to do that give life to me, I don't have anything to give away because I can only give away what I've received from him. And so that brings me to this idea of repentance. You see, in order for us to walk confidently in God, here he's just called his disciples away from the quiet place. But by the time they arrived to the other side in the boat, all those people who were following them have moved Christ's heart to change. He changed his mind and decided he was going to meet their need before he went off alone with his disciples, with his apostles, as Mark calls them. Sometimes we have been meeting with God and we've been enjoying his presence and we see a need that needs to be met. And if we're not careful, we can prefer feeding our own soul, and miss the soul in front of us that needs Jesus. I had no idea I'm going here when we started, but I, but here we are. And so how many times have you seen somebody and you felt the Lord impress upon you to speak to them about him? And you pulled back from it because it felt too risky. See where I'm going? Now it's tying all together. You see, it's the one who risks everything just the way Jesus did. When Jesus came and walked on the earth, these teachings he shared, the things he did while he walked on the earth, forgiving sins, healing the sick, raising the dead, were controversial. They're the reason they put him on the cross because they thought he would get too much power over them. If we're not willing to fail, how can we reach our unlimited potential? And for me, reaching my unlimited potential means I need to take a risk and trust God with my imagination and spend time in the secret place and set all my expectation upon Him so that people around me can't disappoint and fail me in such a way as it discourages me from the thing He gave me to do. If I let people discourage me, I would not be talking on a podcast this morning. If I let people discourage me, I would not be building a women's ministry. If I let my past failure discourage me, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. If I let what others think of me 
Because right now, I'm in a, in a rough place in my relationship with my daughters. But if I let what they think of me influence the way I respond to God, I would sit at home and I would do so very little. But God encourages me to step out by faith and do what He's called me to do. When I don't see the finances, when I don't see the way, if I just take one step, He gives me a light to take another. We spend so much time wanting someone else's experience with God when we don't even realize that He's given us an experience to have of our own. We spend so much time judging ourselves and seeing how we measure up against other people. And that can be too lofty or too low. It just kind of depends on where you are. You can be puffed up in your ego or you can be self-abasing. And that's not humility. That's false humility. And it doesn't honor God. I don't honor God when I talk about how insufficient I am. I honor God when I talk about how all-sufficient He is in me. When I boldly go before the throne of grace, because that's what Scripture tells me I can do. When I boldly declare the love of Christ to another, because I know His heart so well. In Micah 6.8, very much have it memorized, that she has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord does require of you to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Here's the way I think we walk that out. And I heard a young man preach about this one time, and it just pushed pause on my heart because I was like, I, I don't know that that's what that means. And I'm not judging him. I'm saying that when, he, when I heard him say this, my heart and my spirit didn't agree with it, if you know what I mean. And what he said was, do you hear that? We get to do justice. We get to do the wrath of God. And I was like, oh, I'm going to step back from that. And so I began to ask God, if that's not what you're saying, what are you saying? And one day we were prophesying over... Um, over some people at our church. Um, it was an event that I, that I worked. I was on staff at the church at the time. And at the end, the team would gather together and we would get prophetic words and deliver them. And, and God brought Micah 6, 8 up for me for this one particular gentleman in the group. And uh, I went up to him and I had, I had very little inclination about what I would say. I just knew Micah 6, 8 was it. I said, you know, a lot of times we read that and I gave him the scripture and I said, and we read that as I need to do justice. But he says, no, to do justly. I believe God calls us to do justly in our own hearts, to, to do righteousness, to act righteously toward others and toward God, to do justice in our own hearts, make sure our hearts are pure and to love mercy toward other people. And that's the key to walking in true humility before God. In that place, I will neither think too much of myself or too little of myself. But I will think of God more. And so I want to close out our time today.
just praying that God would help us to learn how to live from the secret place, laying our life on the altar before Him every day and waiting for His fire to fall and consume the things that are not from Him. And then to allow that heart that has been dealt with justly because we laid it before God, to allow us to love mercy towards other people and be attentive to their needs when we meet them. And therefore, walk humbly, giving God all the glory. So Lord, I just pray that right now. Would you teach us what it means to walk humbly with you by doing justice in our own hearts, loving mercy towards other people, and drawing life in our relationship with you from the secret place where we find that we can trust you completely and your wraparound presence covers us up and your glory swirls all around us. Lord, help us to see it with new eyes, hear it with new ears, know it with new hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And with that said, I'm going to close this out by reminding you that we have Bible study live in Granbury, Texas. I'll be hosting it at my home. Those, The location will be posted on Facebook and on the website the week the Bible study opens. Um, we will be reading through the book of Mark, which I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast. And we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through every line in the book of Mark. And we read it and we reflect on it um, as we read through it. And we have discussion around the, the room and the table as we read on it. And so I am so very excited about this season of Bible study. We will do 16 weeks from October 20th to the beginning of March. And it, it happens on Saturdays from 10 to 1130 in the morning, thereabouts. We start at 10 uh, on location. The video goes out on Facebook Live at 1030. And we wrap up around 11, between 1130 and 12. Um, and so... I would love to see your faces either on Facebook um, at Blooming Inspired. That's facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired. That's how you find us on Facebook. There's an event there. Every Saturday morning that we do Bible study, we will have a live video feed that's going out and broadcasting through Facebook. And then um, I post those videos on the website, bloominginspirednetwork.com. And you can find the post from the homepage under the Bible study tab link. And they will be linked up there as well. I'm working on the website this week. So everything from our Matthew study should be up by next week so that you can find it easily under the Bible study tab. I am so, so excited about what God's doing through this podcast, through Bible study. We also have prophetic retreats happening October 11th through 13th. That's coming up very shortly. There is registration information on Facebook and on the on the website, um, bloominginspirednetwork.com. If you click the events link, it'll drop down and it'll give you the opportunity to register for either one of those. Um, once you've registered, I'll invoice you for the registration fee, which is $150 and covers two nights lodging and five meals during the retreat, plus all of the resources that we provide 
in the retreat, and I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited about what God's going to do as we set aside this time to encounter Him in intimacy, in Scripture, in encouragement, in creative expression, and in relationship with one another. These are small group retreats. Um, This first one will be about five people. Then I have one coming up in January that will be about 10 people, and it, it will happen January 17th through the 19th, and registration information is also up at the website and on Facebook. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Blooming Inspired, or you can find us at bloominginspirednetwork.com. Click on the events tab, and there will be those prophetic retreats and the Bible study um, information, event information will be there also. So I'm so grateful you've been tuning in and you've been listening online with us. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, however you're 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 tuning in. If you're on the website, you can subscribe um, right there by clicking the link. You can also donate to support the podcast right there. That money comes in and it'll be used to pay for the podcasts. And I'm also fundraising to 501c3 um, nonprofit this ministry by the end of this year. And so um, if God puts it on your heart to give, you can click the donate button and make a donation, which will come right to the ministry from there. Or send a check to Blooming Inspired Network, care of Michelle Bentham, B-E-N-T-H-A-M, P.O. Box 5172, Granbury, Texas, 76049. And all the monies received will go towards providing resources for Bible study, which the Bible study is offered for free in our community. I also post the PDF of the notes with the videos on the website. So the Bible study resources, everybody who comes gets a hard copy of the notes each week. um, And I print those out, use ink, all that stuff. So those resources will be used, uh, will will be allocated for some for Bible study, to help with the retreats because not everything that we we spend on the retreats is covered by the money that comes in and also to provide scholarships for people who can't afford to pay to go but need to go. And if you want to sponsor somebody to go, just write that in your check. Write a check for $150 and write scholarship for retreat. And I will, I will make sure that, that someone who needs it gets it. These retreats are happening in the North Texas area and the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The one in October will be on Eagle Mountain Lake, and the the location is yet to be determined for the one in January. And um, let's see, what else did I want to tell you? Um, I think that's about it. We're doing great things here at Blooming Inspired Network. This podcast is one of the platforms that we are going to be offering for women who are called to lead and influence, to get their voice out, and to speak their message just as I am doing today. So be in prayer for everything that's happening at Blooming Inspired Ministry. Subscribe. Let us know you're tuning in. Send us an email at admin at bloominginspirednetwork.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we're looking forward to the future. At this time, I just pray the Lord blesses and keeps you until we meet again tomorrow and that you would remember that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams.